Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by Daryl Reed. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Good to be together this morning on this, this real special uh, Sunday morning. And uh, yeah, John and I actually spoke earlier on in the week, and, and we thought it would be good for me to, me to share. And so, uh, yeah, John's not hiding from the, the pulpit this morning. It was pre-planned, and we said, let's just go with the plan, knowing that Holy Spirit's been speaking to us and guiding us and leading us. Um, and so just to, to, to touch on the, the Crumpton family and the extended Chubb von Zweiberg family as part of the Breakthrough family here, um, encourage if you would like to contribute and just in, get involved in supporting them. Uh, if you want to provide a meal, that's one of the practical ways that we're just loving on the families during this time. Uh, please just send an email to info at breakthroughlife.co.za and uh, Lisa Jane will be coordinating things from there. Also, if you want to send a message of just condolence, uh, you can also email that through to info at Breakthrough Life and we're going to uh, put them all together and uh, send them on to the, the respective families. So Thank you so much for your love and support for John, Lisa, and the extended uh, clan. Uh, we, we really, really do appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, let's be, let's be family in this time and continue to love, encourage, support one another. Um, so as we get into the Word this morning, uh, we felt that it would be good for us to re-explore and get into Mission Love One. And so that's where we're going to be going this morning. Hopefully I'm going to be encouraging us and just stirring us to make a difference in the world that we live in, uh, just one person at a time. But before we get into the Word too much, we want to play another video. We've been um, praying for our nation during this time, and uh, there have been uh, you know, so many different things happening from COVID and then the looting and riots taking place. Uh, and out of the, you know, all of this difficulty, it's really amazing to see how the church is rising up, how unity is coming to the body, and we're just seeing God doing some really, really amazing things. And so hopefully you've been praying with us through the course of this week as we've been sharing uh, videos from our different friends um, from over the world who've been encouraging us to be to be praying have been encouraging us to stir our, our hope and our faith and uh, and so Steve Backlin Steve and Wendy friends of the house here at breakthrough uh, from from Bethel Church in Redding California and he just carries an anointing to just release hope and to release joy and uh, and so he's just got a really encouraging message for us in the midst of what we've been facing as a nation so uh, we're going to play that video and you're going to have a, a hope injection that's going to take place right now. So here comes Steve. Enjoy him. Hey, South African church family. Steve Backlin here from Redding, California, Igniting Hope Ministries, Bethel Church. Hey, I just wanted to just give you a hope injection. Our ministry, Igniting Hope, that's our mandate to ignite hope because there's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. (laughs) And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hey, been praying for you just in this season of turmoil and and everything that's been happening. And I just wanted to tell you, there's hope for you. I know you know that, but I want to say it again. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present. And I have the power to help make it so. Hope is I believe after love is the most powerful leadership, influential quality that there is. Can these bones live? 
Ezekiel, what do you think? Because what you think is going to determine what I can do. And I just speak um, peace, strength, resilience. You guys, I know you're, you have such resilience. You're some of the greatest leaders in all of the world that I've ever encountered are people from South Africa. You got what it takes. And you know, something I, I was hearing as I was praying for you and Sometimes things have to get worse before they get better. You've seen that in marriage counseling or situations or relationships. There's a blow up and it brings things to the surface like never before. They've been there all along and they just boom. It, it, it came out. It seemed to get worse. But then it got better because the issues were out there. They could be dealt with. And I believe that's what's happening, that right now, that things that have come to the surface, people are coming together. All races are coming together. People of different church backgrounds are coming together. People, city leaders are partnering with business leaders, church leaders. Let's get solutions. Let's really get to the root of things. And you're part of that. And that's what I'm hearing. It got worse before it got better. You know, as we think about Romans 15, 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We recognize when we believe truth, we get filled by the God of hope with all joy and peace. There's an emotional breakthrough. And I speak that over you, an emotional breakthrough right now that leads to circumstantial breakthrough. And you know something else, and I'll just kind of, I'll, I'll wrap up with this. You know, to laugh, we gotta let go of some things. And I know we don't laugh all the time. We weep with those who weep. There's serious things going on, but we do need to laugh. <laughs> because laughter is a powerful spiritual weapon that demolishes strongholds. When we laugh, we have to let go of something. And so I release over you the oil of gladness that Jesus had in Hebrews 1, 9. He was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his companions. He created a culture of gladness around him. And that's who you are. You're a creator of the culture of gladness. So praying for you. We're so thankful for you. You're coming out of this thing. God's got an answer. There's always a solution. There's always a solution. We'll thrive no matter what happens. And we always know what to do because God is in us. Hey, love you. Great love from Wendy and me and the team here in Reading. So encouraging from, uh, from Steve. I love what he was ending with over there, that we always know what to do because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Uh, yeah, just encouraging us that we, we be leaders of hope, leaders of faith, during this time and that God is going to uh, turn things around for the better as we're already seeing so many wonderful good things taking place. So uh, yeah, I encourage you, let's be, let's be praying. Let's continue to pray, continue to uh, you know, join in and follow us on, on Facebook, uh, Instagram as we're sharing these inspirational videos and sharing prayer points to go along with them. So, so good. God's on the move and things are going to get better and better. Well, um, 
If you recall, I shared a couple of weeks ago, and uh, my sermon title was Fly, Eddie, Fly. And I just want to remind us of one of the, the verses that, that I covered was Ephesians 2, uh, verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, and, you know, if you haven't watched it, you can go back and watch it. Uh, on catch up, but uh, God created you for good works. God created me for good works. And, uh, you know, we were just expounding on that. What does that look like? Uh, how do we engage and interact with these good works? How do we find the good works that God has for you that he created you to, to do and to be? And uh, I want to touch on what that might look like for all of us, uh, because there are good works that we're all called to do. And part of those good works is to witness, to just share the love of Christ um, with, with others. And so I think in the midst of this really challenging season as, as a nation that we're going through, this third wave of COVID, we're so grateful that we're, we're seeing, you know, we've gone through the peak and we're on the other side. Um, and and there have been so many deaths, uh, you know, and when we know that they're a believer, there's such a hope and such a, uh, you know, there's a joy in knowing that they're with the Lord. Uh, but we have to ask ourselves, I think, in the, the midst of a pandemic like this, what about the many, many people that are passing away that don't yet know Jesus? And what is our role and what is our responsibility as the church to, to be reaching out, uh, loving, caring, and sharing the good news with them? And um, I know that's quite a sobering thought, but I think we have to engage with that type of uh, thinking and we can't just go on uh, pretending everything's going to be okay when there, there are stacks of people passing away who possibly don't yet know Jesus. And so we've got a mission, we've got a mandate, and I want to encourage us this morning uh, that you're equipped and that God is wanting to use you powerfully uh, to fulfill this mandate that we have. And so when I, when I shared on this about 18 months ago, it was the 26th of January, uh, 2020. And uh, the, the concept was, just to refresh very quickly, was that if we started with 200 people, and I'm sure there's more than 200 people watching right now, if each one of us could love just one person to Jesus in the course of a year, uh, Love on them, disciple them, share the good news with them, pray for them, do whatever it is that we felt Holy Spirit leading us to do, that we could bring just one person into the kingdom, that just one person that didn't yet know Jesus uh, would become saved, turn their life around, repent, and be born again. Just one person in a year. Uh, and I think we all agree that that is well within all of our reach, uh, one person you know, we can do that. We, we can love just one person and uh, encourage them to come to the Lord. Well, if we can then disciple that person to replicate that and do the same thing for them to go and make disciples and then for them to, you know, disciple others to go and make disciples, the numbers just become crazy. In 27 years, the entire world population has heard the gospel and have, has come to salvation. Isn't that just extraordinary? Within this generation, if starting with 200 people, if each of us just led one person to Jesus and then discipled that person to do the same, within 27 years, the entire world. It's just mind-boggling. You see, I think we've, we've sometimes, you know, 
bought into this lie that you have to be this amazing, powerful, uh, you know, super Christian that, that, you know, has this incredible gift of prophecy or this incredible gift of word of knowledge or this incredible gift of miracles to be able to lead people to Jesus or this incredible teaching gift that you have to, um, you know, be able to, you know, open up the scriptures and preach with, with power for people to respond to the gospel. And those things are all so valuable and so good. But I think the most effective way that the gospel gets spread is when each of us as individuals plays our role in just loving the individual, that we stop for the one and uh, that we realize that, that influencing just one is so powerful in the greater scheme of things. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, talks about us being Christ's ambassadors. Let me read it. It says, We therefore, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And that's, that's the truth. God is making his appeal through you and through me to the world. God is using you and me to be the shining light to represent him here on earth. And so we have a mission. We have a mandate from Jesus. And I want to encourage us to run with that mission this morning. Uh, we've been involved in a number of mission trips uh, locally and, and obviously as a, a group of churches, we were involved with mission trips internationally as well. Um, myself personally, we, we were involved with uh, going to beaches over, over New Year's period and we, we would do beach outreaches, um, you know, ministering to guys out on the streets, uh, guys that were, you know, in the clubs and on their way home. And, and in that context, we would go and share the good news with them. And it was, it was lots of fun. Um, we actually made a documentary about it, and uh, it's for free at the moment. It's extraordinarythefilm.com, so you can go, go check it out there and, and, and watch and see what we did. But uh, the, what, the reason I'm sharing this is, is oftentimes people would be nervous to go on an outreach, especially when you tell them that we're going to be ministering to people that, have, you know, that are at the clubs and uh, out partying and they've been drinking, possibly taking drugs. You know, that just seems overwhelming for, for people to, to share the gospel in that scenario, in that environment. Um, but every time someone signed up, the time when they arrived on the actual mission trip, on the outreach, uh, everything found, you know, seemed to go so much easier than, than what they thought it would. And I've had multiple conversations with people where they you know, signed up petrified, but when they arrived, they're like, oh, this actually isn't so bad. And actually, you know, people are really receptive to the gospel and people actually want to hear the good news about Jesus. Um, and so all those preconceived ideas that they had in their mind actually were not true. And so the most challenging part about any mission trip, about any mission that we have is saying yes. And so I want to encourage you this morning that, that you overcome the most challenging obstacle which is to sign up and say, yes, I want to be involved in this mission. I want to be involved in this mission of being Christ's ambassador here on earth for him. And so if you can do that, the rest, I assure you, is going to be so much easier. And so how does this look? How do, we, how do we represent him? How do we be his ambassadors? How do we let Christ make his appeal through us? Well, hopefully you've got your Bible with you, and I want to encourage you to open up to the book of Luke chapter 10, and we're going to read from verse 25 through to verse 37, uh, because hopefully this is going to just uh, change your mindset a little bit about what does it look like to preach the gospel? What does it look like to share your faith? Um, 
So here we are, Luke chapter 10, verse 25, and we're going to read right through to verse 37. It says, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told them, go and do likewise. You see, I think when it comes to our mission, our mission of loving one, we, we automatically in our minds think, I need to go get a milk cart and I need to go stand on it in the side of the street and I need to get a, you know, one of those bullhorn things, those microphone loud house speakers where you, you speak and you shout and you preach the gospel and uh, to all the passers-by and they, they probably swear at you and throw rotten tomatoes at you and, and it's just an unpleasant environment. And um, that's just not, not the truth at all. That's not what it needs to look like. I think this passage that we just read is, is a really beautiful uh, picture of what it looks like to share our faith, what it looks like to have, uh, you know, that individual, a mission, love one, where you ask God, is there someone who, you, who you're leading me to, who you want to use me to reach for the sake of the gospel? And all it looks like is just caring for that person. You know, this road that, uh, the, between Jericho and Jerusalem, this would be a common pathway, a common road that the priests, that the Levites would travel. And these are the, the, the holy people. And, and Jesus specifically using this metaphor to show that it's not about being religious. Uh, it's about caring. It's about love. And that's the heart that, that God wants us to, to live our lives with. It simply looks like just loving your neighbor. And, and I love how this passage also depicts and describes who your neighbor is because we, we, we tend to think that your neighbor is the person living on your left and right and maybe across the road. Uh, whereas what this word is using uh, in the original texture, the, the word neighbor really means fellow mankind. Uh, clearly the, the neighbor that stopped to, to help this man who was, who was beaten, who was attacked, who was robbed, uh, he didn't live next door to him. This was a complete stranger, but he behaved like a neighbor. 
Um, he behaved like someone who cared and someone who loved. And so when the scripture says, love your neighbor as yourself, what it's saying is love mankind. Love every fellow human being um, as you would love yourself with care, with compassion, uh, that we would uh, be you know, willing to go the extra mile to, to care for and encourage, to support, to strengthen uh, our fellow human beings. And so I think one of the biggest challenges that we face when it comes to signing up on a, a mission, uh, a mission loved one, is that we fill our calendars with so much stuff. We're so busy that we have no time to stop. And so, so we end up racing from one appointment to the next, that perhaps on the journey when we're going from, from Jerusalem to Jericho, whichever way, um, that we find someone that perhaps is in need, but we haven't got time because we're going to be late for our appointment. And so then our culture says, well, I don't want to be rude, and so it would be rude for me to stop and help this person now because I've got an appointment, and so I don't want to be late for my appointment. As one of our African brothers uh, has, you know, once said, and I think they, they often say that, that uh, as pale faces in our, our Western culture, we, we always have the time, meaning we've got, got the time on our wrist, but we never have time meaning we never have time to stop. We never have time to, to, to engage, to, to love the one. And so I want to encourage us. Let's, let's make space within our calendars. Let's make space within our diaries for God to come and interrupt our day that we can go and love someone, that we can stop for the one, that we can care for the one, that we can do an act of kindness for the one. And that as we do that, uh, God is going to work powerfully and we're going to see his kingdom come. And so be willing to, to give of your time. Be willing to give of your resource. Be willing to get your hands dirty. The Samaritan who was the least likely person to stop and help this individual, he's the one that stops. Let's be willing to get our hands dirty. Let's be willing to stop. And, uh, you know, just as the scripture, you know, speaks about that, he, he cleans his wounds, he bandages him, he pours on oil, he pours on wine, that we won't be afraid to, to get our hands dirty, to get involved and to, to do something. That we won't just, um, you know, maybe say, say a prayer and, uh, and bless them. Uh, that we won't perhaps just give, give money to keep the, the problem at, at arm's distance. But that we'll get involved in, uh, and be part of the solution. I think that's what Jesus is inviting us into as we go on this mission, love one. That we become part of the solution. We become part of the solution in loving and caring uh, our brothers and sisters and those that don't yet know Jesus. And so it doesn't have to look like preaching the gospel to go on this mission as, as a family, as you know, f your, your local church, wherever you're tuning in from. Uh, I want to really invite us. Let's go on this mission together where we start to just intentionally love people with the radical, powerful love of Jesus. And so what's the most difficult thing that we have to do? The most difficult thing is to sign up. And so I want to encourage you right now to sign up in your heart and say, Jesus, I'm willing. Jesus, I want to be part of this mission. I want to play a part in being your ambassador. I want to play a part in representing you here in South Africa. I want to play a part in bringing the shift and change into our nation. 
And so I want to sign up and say, God, use me as you can. God, I'm willing to get my hands dirty. God, I'm willing to go the extra mile. God, I'm willing to make time. I'm willing to give resource for the sake of people coming into the kingdom. If you're willing to do that, then sign up in your heart and say, God, I'm ready. I want to be partnering with you, and I want you to use me. If you've done that, and I'm, I'm sure we all have because it's, it's so simple, and Holy Spirit gives us the strength that we need. The next thing for us to do is to then say, okay, Holy Spirit, who is it that you're guiding and leading me towards? Who is it that you want me to love? Um, and Holy Spirit will speak to you. I even want to pray for us right now. Let's, let's take a moment and let's pray and say, Holy Spirit, will you come and speak to us? Because what he reveals, the people that he puts on our heart, those are the people that Holy Spirit is already ministering to, who he's already speaking to. And so know that he's already gone before you and that it's going to be so easy to just love this person into the kingdom. And so why don't you just close your eyes for a moment. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're, you're speaking to us right now. Thank you that you have people who you love. You love all of us, but people who you're drawing into your kingdom in this time. Lord, will you put someone on our hearts? Put someone on each one of our hearts who we can intentionally love, who we can pray for, who we can lead to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you, you, you just bring someone to mind even right now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So probably the, the first person that came to mind, that's probably the person that Jesus is, is, is highlighting to you and is bringing to your attention. And so I really want to encourage you that, uh, that, that you start to pray for that person. The, the third thing I want us to do is, like I mentioned, that we pray. So you've signed up. You've asked the Holy Spirit who that person is, and Holy Spirit has revealed that to you. Uh, and like I mentioned, probably the first person that came to mind, that's the person God is, is highlighting to you. Write their name down somewhere. Put it on your fridge that, that you can have that as a reminder, and then start to pray for them. Pray for them daily that God would, would continue working in them, that God would unveil them, that their eyes would be opened, the eyes of their heart would see the love of Jesus for them. Become a neighbor to that person. Start to treat that person in the same way that we, we read about in Luke chapter 10. Uh, that we will start to go out of our way to, to care for in practical ways just by loving this person. Um, and Holy Spirit will again, he'll speak to you. He'll guide you. He will lead you in how to go about being the best neighbor to the person that God has put on your heart. Number five, I want to encourage us. Let's not give up. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't grow weary in doing good. Keep pursuing the Lord. Keep doing good. And as we continue to pray, as we continue to behave in a neighborly uh, way where we're, we're just loving and we're going out of our way to, to care for people. You know, there's so many opportunities uh, right now in this season as, as COVID is uh, still, you know, pretty prevalent. Uh, people that need meals, people that need care, people that need prayer. There's so much opportunity to, to love and to be that neighbor. I just want to read it again, yeah, back in Luke chapter, chapter 10. 
Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Just want to recap on that. There are so many people right now that are in difficult, desperate situations. Perhaps it's the economy. Perhaps they've lost a job. Perhaps uh, a family member has passed on. Perhaps they are sick. There are so many people in difficult situations right now. It's so easy to find you know, the person in this metaphor on the side of the road, left half naked and beaten. Um, I'm sure you guys are following the metaphor. Last thing I want to encourage us with is be ready because as you start to love this person, as you start to, you know, engage and just do these acts of kindness for them, they're going to ask questions. And so as the scriptures encourage us in 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. As you love these people, as you love the mission loved one that God has placed on your heart, they're going to respond with questions. They're going to want to figure out why is it that you're caring for me? Why is it that you've gone out of your way to love me, to do this thing, that ever Holy, whatever Holy Spirit has, has led you to do for that individual? And when they ask questions, be ready. Be ready to share the truth of why you have the hope in Jesus that you have. Now again, this, the gospel is not saying you need to go and unpack the theological understanding of the gospel and preach you know, all the different scripture and everything. No, you just need to give a reason. Why have you got hope? And as you share the reason why you have hope in Jesus, that is how you are going to preach the gospel to this individual. It's so simple. It really is so simple. God has anointed you. God has empowered you. And God wants you to be part of the mission. He wants you to you know, be part of the, the fruitfulness and the joy that comes as we get to see people's lives changed and transformed. All you have to do is just say, God, I'm available. God, I want to be part of this. And I want to make myself available. And once you've done that, once you've said, God, I'm available, the rest is easy downhill from there come on we can do this breakthrough family and 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 jesus is inviting us to to be part of this mission mission love one let's change the world just one person at a time come on i know if you were in the auditorium yeah you'd be giving me loud amens and yes we're in we're let's do this let's change the world and so i want to encourage us as we bring this to a close and i want to say start to do something today don't wait until tomorrow. Don't, don't overanalyze and wait until next week and say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm signing up and, and tomorrow I'm going to do something. No, saying, yes, I'm, I'm in, God. And then do something today. Before the sun goes down tonight, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to step out and, and take an action of faith, take an action of, of kindness where you reach out to the person that God has, has placed on your heart and you start to do whatever it is Holy Spirit's encouraging you to do. Maybe you need to buy them a chocolate. Maybe you need to just send them a message. Maybe you need to phone them. Maybe you need to just make them a meal. Whatever it is, Holy Spirit will guide and lead you. But do something before the sun goes down tonight for that individual. Come on, why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Let's pray together. Jesus, we're so grateful that you love us so incredibly. You laid down your life for us. 
But Jesus, we also know that there are many others out there who you laid down your life for, who have not yet come to the understanding of your love for them. Jesus, you gave us this mission, this mandate to be your ambassadors, that you would make your appeal to them through us, that we would become your light. Thank you, Jesus, that you've made us light. I want to say to you as you're watching this that you are light. You are the light of the world. God has placed you and he's positioned you in your place of work, in your family, in your neighborhood for such a time as this, that God will use you powerfully by just doing these acts of kindness, these acts of love, these acts of generosity. And so thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've gone before us. Thank you that you're moving in us. Thank you that you're flowing through us. Thank you that you're, you're, you're moving our hearts to stop for the one. Thank you that you're moving our hearts that we won't walk on the other side of the road and go past the person that you've positioned us to love and to lead to you. Thank you that you're moving our hearts, Jesus. And thank you that as we follow you, as we go on this mission together, Thank you that we get to be part of changing people's lives for eternity. What a joy, what a privilege we have to be part of this mission. And to Breakthrough Family, Mission Love One, come on, let's reignite it. Let's go after people by loving them radically. Let's be neighbors in the way that Luke 10 talks about neighborly love. We can do this. We can do this.